0: Welcome to the Whiskey Jazz and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, nationally recognized workforce development expert, Charles Botts III. Hey, what you drink? I, I love that, I, and I love how you pinned effectiveness to legacy. Because you know, in, initially when I when I was thinking about my statement, uh, I was thinking about the most effective leadership model I've ever been exposed to, and I, and I tell people uh, all the time that. Oh my God, this is incredibly effective, and it's incredibly hard to do well. And that is Ken Blanchard's situational leadership too, where you're actually flexing and changing based upon the situation, based upon the needs of the person. And you know, I'm going to show up differently for my daughter when she's learning how to drive for the first time. I'm going to show up differently in that situation uh, than I than I would when I'm I'm, I'm working with. Reverend Butts about uh, how he might construct his his online church, right? There's a different need there. but when you're talking about and I, I think you're absolutely right when you're talking about legacy, I think I think you I think you may be you may be absolutely on to something that how can I create a situation where people want to follow me even when they don't have to? They want to follow my principles even though they don't have to. How important is legacy to you at this at this, at this this stage of your career?
1: I, I think it's everything. I, I think it's absolutely everything. I think, um, you know, why do we procreate? You know, why, why do we have offspring? It, it, it is to pass on, certainly genetically, to pass on uh, pieces of ourselves, to hopefully pass on lessons that we've learned and insight that we've gleaned and that we've gained and um, it, yet legacy to me is everything professionally, personally, spiritually. The, I get that there's particularly as someone that's espousing humility, um, that there's a risk in this notion of wanting to pass on, you know, my thoughts or my lessons or things that I've taken away from life. And it's like, are you so arrogant to think that generations from now people can benefit from whatever it is that you brought uh, to the world at the risk of, you know, a bit bit of humor, of hubris, I, I would say yes, because it's couched in this notion uh, of that what I bring to the world is a desire to to see the world grow closer, to see the world come together, to 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 have an opportunity for folks, for strangers to find a way to live together uh, in a friendly way and respect and appreciate each others' differences. And if I have an opportunity to pass that on, if, if, if one other person, as, as trite, as cliche as it may sound, Galen, but if one other person it can adopt that and bring that into their life purpose, their life mission, um, their vision uh, for life, if they can take a piece of that and, and adopt it, and then it's a life well lived. It's a legacy. Uh, uh that's been passed on. And and so to go back to what we said at the very beginning, that you know, the metaphor of whiskey, of not code switching, of showing up the same way, my life's work doesn't stop at work. It doesn't stop in church. It doesn't stop with my children, with my wife, that 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 notion of curva- providing an opportunity, creating a way for people to live together in a friendly way and respect and appreciate each other's differences, that thread is, goes throughout. And so if I can get someone to adopt it at work, if I can get one of my children or my children to adopt that, if my wife can adopt it and take it into her spheres, and, and maybe you can adopt some of it and you take it with you into your spheres and your network, that's legacy, brother. And that's everything to me.
0: Wow. So, so, so listeners, now, now you see why I love this dude. Because he is, you know, and and, and, and you know, I'm going to be just really, really uh, frank. You know, one of the reasons why I, I just really wanted to have you on this uh, on the show is because, um, you know, you and I had an opportunity to work together. And it takes a lot of humility for someone to say, hey, look, I'm trying to get better at this thing that you seem to be pretty good at. at, at teach me, share with me, you know, show me what's be- what better looks like. And then you actually did the work, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds strange, but you will get, you, you, I find a lot of, uh, you know, I get a lot of clients that, you know, will ask for me to work with them. They, they you know, they look at my background and they think, okay, you, you might be able to show me a few things that I need to have. Uh, They agree to pay the fee, and I'm not the cheapest coach that you're ever going to (laughs) find. And then they don't do the work. So talk to me a little bit about why it was so important to you to get a coach. Again, not the cheapest coach you could find,
1: (laughs) but then do the work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, it's a couple of things big credit big kudos to, to my wife Rachel I, I think the concept of marriage has has evolved and changed over centuries and and you know in, in a good way i don't i don't i think it's a good thing for for to grow and evolve in these institutions to shape with time and and as our intellect and our understanding and uh, our connection with the world and spirit and and all those things that our institution should grow and change and so there was a time where you know marriage was sort of compartmentalized. That you you know your your wife sort of had had this role, but then you had friends for this, and you had colleagues for this, and your husband served this purpose. But you had business partners for this, that, and the other thing. And and you know so over time, like you know maybe <laughs> too much spouses have sort of become like we look for everything in a spouse. I, I want her to be my best friend and a and a confidant and you know she's got to be business savvy and a great mom and and you know help provide for the household like all these different things and so I am very grateful that my wife is someone that I enjoy spending time with I actually we we are very good friends um we enjoy each other's company we have fun with each other and she is she is an accountability partner um and so she has the capacity to to call me out on stuff Galen and so I had hit kind of a plateau in, in my career. I was in a place where I was getting, uh, but, you know, every year I was getting a promotion. I was getting a promotion and and it was not just sort of like fancy titles. It it was increase in responsibility. It was increase in budget size. It was increase in compensation. You know, a couple of years ago, I plateaued and, you know, my wife was like, well, look, you know, you should go online. And, you know, wh- wh- what if you talk to this person or what if you reach out to this person? And uh, I told y'all that humility is something that i that I espouse, and it's something that I'm working on. and And my wife suggested that me, Galen, a workforce development <laughs> professional, a career coach, Galen, has worked with executives and 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 professionals and and tradespeople at all levels um, that is advised and counseled and coached people at all levels that I, should speak with a career expert. And I was just as indignant <laughs> as I wanted to be. Like, of course, Do you know right. Like, <laughs> what are they going to? Tell? I think my exact words were there's really not anything they could tell me that I don't know. And, uh, you know, God, God bless me with a wife that is gracious and patient. And so she just she let me puff my chest out a little bit. And uh, when I continue to stagnate and not go anywhere, is she very gently, um, but very directly said, are "You, you, are you ready to to think about doing something differently?" In God's divine province um, allowed our paths to to cross at that time. So it really was, as you know, as with everything, I don't believe in chance, I don't believe in coincidence, um, and so I was at a place, Galen. I was at a place where I was open for the first time in my career. I was open to uh, connecting with someone. Uh, that could help me to see things that I couldn't see on my own, and uh, and as I said um, from our introduction, uh, your your mannerism, your style, and your content, right? So you know, there's there's style and substance that comes with with Kiln Coaching. Uh, there's style and substance that comes with Galen Bingham. Um, you you weren't just a fly brother that could turn a phrase. Um, you brought some real meat uh, uh, to the conversation and. Um, just after that, you know, that that one weekend that we had together as part of the conference, um, I reached out. I reached out. And uh, as it pertains to doing the work, man, um, I'm raised by very practical parents. Uh, my mother is a retired uh, public school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, my father is a, is a welder and a pipe fitter still in his 60s, uh, still uh, laying pipe and, and working for the railroad. And so very blue collar, you know, I'm, we were not poor by no stretch of the imagination. We're not poor, uh, but very blue collar household coming up, um, lower middle class. And uh, and and I had a relationship with my grandmother, um, God rest her soul, Anne Loving, a matriarch of our family. And Anne was a very practical woman. And you didn't waste a dollar. Mm. You could spend a dollar, but you weren't going to waste a dollar. Uh, so Galen, uh, uh, to be quite clear, I wasn't going to make the investment in hiring you and not see it through and do the work, sir. Too practical. (laughs) Just, I wish I could make it more fancy than that. I'm just too practical. Uh, If we're going to make this investment, we're going to see this thing through. What was not going to happen, Galen, was if this relationship was not going to be a success, it was not going to be due to me not meeting my end of the bargain. I was going to meet my end of the bargain. If it didn't work, it didn't work, but it wasn't going to be because I didn't do what I was supposed to do
0: man I tell you, you you sound you sound like uh, me when I was trying to get through business school man i I, um, I talked my way into the highest uh, credentialed business school who wouldn't laugh me uh, out of the uh, office and as a matter of fact, uh, after I sent in my application and my, and my credentials, they actually told me no and I went back to them and I pled my case and I said, you know, look at my background and look at what I've done. And, you know, this is what I could bring. And and so they said, Okay, well, we'll we'll let you in. Just remember that our initial answer was no. And uh, I was literally in school, in class at Rice University, sitting next to rocket scientists, and that's not hyperbole. Literally rocket scientists who worked for NASA and me. And my entire strategy for the entire time that I was in business school was uh, I recognized that it was going to take a miracle for me to get through the program. And I didn't want to be the reason that God didn't decide to work a miracle. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like you do the work. Uh, but uh, I, I recognize that you got in order, in order to go big, you got to play big.
1: This is a good one, listeners. Get you get you know. It, it, this is very tweetable, and th- this is a Galen Bingham original. Your I'm we are responsible for the effort. God is responsible for the outcome. That's carried me through, brother. I, that that's on a post-it note. That's that's on one of my monitors for work. That's in my bedroom. That's that's it. That's it. We uh, are responsible for the effort. God is responsible for the outcome. Oh man, I
0: love that. I love that you are owning that talk a little bit about what does that phrase do for you because for me it it provides just a lot of freedom. you know I'm not necessarily trying to step into areas that that's not my area, right I, I'm, I don't have to focus on the outcome that's not my spot. but what does that phrase do for you?
1: It, well, and and so it came up. So, so listeners know the context in which um, you. I don't know the context in which you you arrived at that quote, but the context in which you shared it with me um, as part of our our work together, trying to 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 add some credentials and sort of um, grow my professional knowledge and and, and qualifications. Uh, studied for uh, the Society of Human Resource Management. Um, national certification, um, which is a a national, human resource association has um, two certifications. There's the, uh, the professional human resource certification and there's the senior professional. And, you know, based on, you know, some other qualifications and experience that I had, I was going for the senior level credential. And uh, and Galen, this that prep was tearing my backside up, (laughs) sir. As as you may recall, as you may remember, we had we had some challenging conversations during this process because I was not prepared for the intensity for the for the intensity and the and the the material and the amount of work that it was going to take to pass um, that SHRM senior level certification and you shared that that quote with me and what that quote did was it did it did two things it did two things um it did free me of concern uh, as to what was on the other side of the door up to that point i was i was so focused on the other side of the door you know i i shared this with some other fr- i mean i was putting all of the pressure on me and and this this certification right like if I didn't get certified, I was going to get kicked out of my house. I was going to get fired. Uh, my children were going to get hooked on drugs. And my wife was going to leave. Uh, the ancestors were going to be ashamed. They're going to take Black History Month back. I mean, <laughs> do all of the pressure. I was putting all of the pressure on getting the certification. And so what, that, what the quote did was, all right, I don't need to be worried about what's on the other side of the door. The the other side of the door is beyond my control. You know, when I open it, whatever's there—pass, fail, whatever—I don't have any control over. The other thing it did for me, though, Galen, was it held me accountable for putting in the effort, working as hard as I possibly could, putting in the time, putting in the 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 resources, doing the little things that I didn't particularly want to do to get to that point because uh, for people that are spiritually inclined, the temptation is the outcome is already fixed, right? Whatever's on the other side of the door is already on the other side of the door. And so I could just show up, I'll just show up. And if I show up, the outcome is gonna be what the outcome is. But, but the quote <laughs> brings us back to, no, 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 I, I have a role to play in this. Mm. I, I am not a passive part of my own life. I am an active piece of my own life. I've got work I got to put in. I've got effort that I need to exert. Ultimately, exert the effort. The outcome is beyond my control. But what I can control is my effort. And, uh, and you know, we passed uh, the exam. We got the certification. It, it was a huge win. And, and, and that quote uh, was a big part of that.
0: Wow, wow oh, man. well, and like I said, I, I just really, really appreciate your approach and your respect for putting in the work. You know, there, there's a couple of uh stories that kind of play that out even even more. uh Kobe Bryant, whom i'm I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of Kobe Bryant, right? When he retired, I became a bigger fan of Kobe Bryant. And one of the things that he said is that, you know, my competitors uh, will talk, surprisingly, professional athletes talk a lot of trash, right? But he said, you know, but when someone comes to me and they're talking trash, I know that they didn't put in the work because I've been working three and four times a day since I was 18 years old. There's no way you could catch me. Even if you start working right now, you can't catch me because I've put in the work. And there's a, just a bunch of videos, YouTube videos, where he's talking about this concept of of putting in the work, and you uh, you 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 do that, you do that uh, in spades. So I appreciate you for that. Hey, hey, there's a couple things I want to I want to talk to you about. One is, uh, I, you know, I asked you to share with me some some leadership books that you really appreciate, and you know. Good to great. Jim Collins, absolutely on everyone's list. I don't know, you can't be a leadership dude and not respect Jim Collins. Good to great. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Stephen Covey, classic, foundational, bedrock. But talk to me a little bit about Genghis Khan. Talk to me. Talk to me a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jack Weatherly um, uh, put together. Um, I even want to call it a biography. It, it's not. It's not. A biography, in sort of the traditional sense, because I mean, the center of the work is is, is Genghis Khan. It's, it's Genghis Khan, the making of the modern world. It's Genghis, and it's about sort of the khan's, the Mongolian Empire, and what that that culture, what that uh, uh, what that civilization did for for the shaping of of the world. I found it particularly fascinating because it it really is insightful. Into, I think, a commonly misunderstood historical figure, and, and when many people think about Genghis Khan, they think about the violence. They think about just you know sort of a, a brutal a dictator that was merciless in his approach to kind of world domination. And you know and I think interestingly enough, Alexander the Great. You know, it's sort of just you think about the, the, the name, Alexander, the moniker that he gets, Alexander the Great doesn't get the same rap. Um, Julius Caesar doesn't get the, the same rap. Step on some toes here. I know it might make some people feel uncomfortable. Uh, Chris Columbus and uh, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, they don't get the same rap. If, if you're going to expand territory. I've yet to come across a civilization that expanded territory, that expanded their reach without violence. People generally don't give up their home and their way of life without resistance. Uh, But what I found fascinating about Genghis as a leader was that certainly the, the, the violence was a tool. And, and there's no question that the Mongolian Empire, and particularly under Genghis's leadership, was incredibly violent. But it was absolutely a tool. There was, there was a lot of intention. And Genghis always extended opportunity for for peaceful submission for mm. for those cultures, for those tribes, for those regions that did not or would not interested in, in fighting. And many times uh, those regions just sort of folded into the Mongolian empire, but they were still allowed to maintain their religion. They were able to maintain their lands. They were able to maintain their culture. They were just part of the Mongolian empire, you know, and had to, uh, you know, respect that authority and sort of the governor over their region and, and those sorts of things. Uh, but, you know, there, there there, was absolutely opportunity for sort of peaceful submission, which is, you know, I think there's a bit of irony in that terminology, but, you know, that that was very real. And, you know, when you think about kind of the known world, the Mongolian Empire, for all intents and purposes, I mean, for for where it was at the time, what was available to it covered the known world uh, and did it without air travel, and did it with innovations and, and with logistics and supply chain. And I just I don't think that Genghis gets. The respect and the recognition for what he was able to do at the time and in the area that he was able to do it. And you don't do that by simply being a bloodthirsty fighter. Hmm. You, you, you do not, to, to the conversation that we were having earlier, in terms of legacy, in terms of leadership, painting the picture of what winning looks like, removing barriers, inspiring people to come along. That doesn't happen simply through sheer terror and threat of violence mm-hmm. there's charisma there's humility uh, there's intelligence there's creativity and, and genghis khan embodied all of that i mean a, truly a, a, a fascinating individual fascinating leader um that that i took many leadership lessons away from
0: wow i i am definitely going to recommend to everyone that they check out that book. I know that I'm gonna add that to my list because yeah, I kind of put him in that other category and I've missed out on so many principles. Uh, I, you know, I, I also want to ask you about your Invisible Board of Directors. Now, that's a concept straight out of the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I have just, the, the more I've read that book, the more I've studied the book, just the more i have gotten into these life principles that he's acu- accumulated one of those principles is uh, around assembling an invisible council he he calls them their invisible his invisible council i call them my invisible board of directors you know so i asked you who are some people that would be on your invisible board of directors either living or dead and why so talk us through who's on your board and and why did you put them on your board? Because pretty diverse group of people here that are there for a reason. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, this was this was a really cool exercise, and uh, and something that I'm I'm absolutely going to use with with, with our division. Um, I think as part of a, a team building activity. This was this was really fun and 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 insightful. So appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I've got eleven members of the board because um, you want a tiebreaker, right? You, you you always need someone to, to break break the tie, um, and I didn't want it to necessarily be me. Uh, you know, sort of come over the top. Uh, Rachel Botts, my my wife, uh, absolutely. You know, we talked about earlier sort of accountability, and uh, you know, she she she's uh, in, incredibly insightful and intelligent and brilliant. And um, you have had the opportunity to have a conversation. I remember after your conversation with my wife. Um. You said okay. So you married up? <laughs> I said yes, yes. Yes, sir. I did. Yes, sir. I did. A- absolutely right. Um. So Rachel Botts is on the board. My mother Ruth Davis. Uh, I mentioned you know er- earlier. Um, a retired uh, second grade school teacher from the Boston public school system. Seen you know se- maybe not seen at all, but but seen a ton. Uh, Mom has my back. You know, I think, you you know, and, and Rachel certainly does as well, you know, but nobody kind of cheerleads like your mom. Right. Like just your 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 mom is, is it. So, you know, mom has my back. Mom always has my best interest at heart. I don't walk on water for mom. Like it's not that far. Um, I can do some wrong. But, you know, ma is, is she she she's she's home. Ma's always home. She you know, she she's always going to have your back. Jim Collins, good to great. You know, we, we said that earlier. Um, I I think just a seminal work, uh, his, his uh, devotion to research, particularly when you think about like a board of directors, you want someone that's going to be analytical, that's going to do the research, that's going to bring you the facts and the figures and, and, but is not so divorced from the emotion, from the peopling that, you know, that is just a strictly data person. I think Jim does an excellent job of of balancing the data with the people and the personality. Um, And so, you know, Jim Collins. Uh, Attorney Mickey Chambers, Michael Chambers, Jr., uh, my college roommate, um, one of my uh, closest and dearest friends, Um, Attorney Chambers is the one that recommended the uh, the Woodford Reserve for your listeners uh, with the whiskey. I would hope that everyone has someone that they can go to where they know Mickey's going to have the answer or Mickey's going to find someone that has the answer that will get back. To. Mickey is that cat. Mm. Mickey is my bruh. Like Mick, I'm in a gym. Mick, I need Mick. Do you know where I can find Mick? Do you know where I could get? And if he doesn't have it, he knows someone who does and he's going to make that connection. And I, I, I am fortunate to have someone like that in my corner. That, that's my guy. Um, Simon Peter part of Jesus's inner circle, that that Simon Peter, um, disciple Simon Peter. And what's interesting to me about Simon Peter is, I thought to like, should I put Jesus on my board? And I went sort of back and forth on that. Um, I arrived at including Simon because I wanted someone who was as close to Jesus as someone could get, beyond like his mother. You know, uh, I could have I went with mother Mary. I went with Simon Peter because Simon for me represents the kind of relationship I might have had with Christ. We're incredibly passionate, sold out, bought in from day one. Like I'm ride or die for you. I see your vision. I'm I'm all in, but daggone it if I don't mess up along the way. (laughs) Let's
0: burn everything. We're gonna burn everything.
1: He just Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just, you know, he was cutting people's ears off and and he was kind of a hypocrite at one point and you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a Christian, you got to do it this way and so Paul had to come along and get Simon together. Uh, but I mean, was there for it all. You know, was was there for it all. Um denied Christ, but then was given an opportunity to fix it and do it right and I relate. I relate a lot to, to Simon Peter. I think he would have incredible wisdom and insight. Douglas, uh, you know, is self-emancipated, self-educated, a philosopher, a theologian, would not necessarily consider himself a Christian. Uh, and as a matter of fact, in his autobiography, he, he addresses this. He doesn't necessarily consider himself a Christian, though he's a great admirer of Christ and, and respects a and lot from Scripture. I mean, just a brilliant, brilliant individual. Another book, if for your readers, uh, for your listeners, uh, The Autobiography of Frederick Douglass, if if you haven't, if you haven't read it, um, or if you haven't read it in a while, read it again. Um, It's just incredibly insightful. Dr. Cornel West, not a lot, I think needs to be said about this brother, dynamic individual, uh, you know, a philosopher, an intellectual, a theologian, um, uh, certainly someone who understands leadership, who understands uh, motivations and 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 inspiring people um, has a heart to serve. And I think, you know, when you include Dr. West on your board to to continue to bring us back to what it is we're doing. And, and when we get when we sort of get caught up in innovation and we get caught up in data, we get caught up in process. Dr. West is always going to bring us back to are we doing this? What's the point? What are we here for? We're here to serve. We're here to give. We're here for legacy. He's, he's going to do that. Um, you, you're a, a great admirer of Kobe. I'm a great admirer of, of LeBron James. I'll tell you why. And I am someone that, that, that would call LeBron James the greatest, uh, even over Michael Jordan, although it depends on the day of the week. You know, I might go back and forth on that. I'm a great admirer of LeBron James. I think I would want someone like LeBron James on my board because when you think about the fact that LeBron had the spotlight, Galen, not had attention, had the spotlight, the biggest beaming spotlight on him from the age of 15, 15, 14, 15, 16. We were following him. Sports Illustrated was following him as a freshman, sophomore in high school. And not only has the brother lived up to and in in some ways surpassed The expectation, he's done it with grace, he's done it with humility, he's done it largely without a lot of controversy, without that sort of big public, you know, falling on his face. You know, like you don't you don't you don't hear about him being caught out, you don't hear about him going out, you don't just just the brother has managed the weight of celebrity in a way that I just haven't really seen and and for as long as he has in a way that I just haven't seen before. And that, that, has even, that has impressed me, has always impressed me about him more than even his prowess on the court, is his ability to navigate celebrity as long as he has, as deftly um, as he has. Oprah Winfrey, not a lot to say, I think, about Oprah. I mean, you know, really does, the sister speaks for herself. She created a network on the strength of her name. You know, I mean, I guess you could say, um, Ted Turner did did something similar. Ted Turner's not a black woman in America, so the fact that Oprah did that, you know, that that's it. Um, ben Greenfield. Ben Greenfield. I think you always want someone that's going to challenge groupthink, and and so Ben Greenfield is um, he's not a uh, MD, um, but he is someone that has studied um, physiology. Uh, he is someone that that has studied metabolic science. He's um, he's a trainer. Uh, he works with athletes and celebrities. Uh, but he he is also someone that is really invested in sort of anatomy and physiology. And he's going to push back on this group. Um, there's a lot of commonalities. There's a lot of similar thinking with this group. Ben Greenfield is going to push back. Um, In the same way that Dr. West is going to bring us back to the main thing, Ben Greenfield is going to say, are we are we going along just because we all sort of intuitively agree or do we have really good reasons for going in this direction? Because I haven't had a really I haven't heard a really good reason for going in this direction. I think you always need a dissenting voice. I'm a big believer in, you know, if, if you're a Democrat, you need to be watching Fox News. If you're a Republican, you need to be watching CNN or MSNBC. You know, you need, you, you need to, to hear all of the points of view. Ben Greenfield does that for us. And I round it out with uh, Bomani Jones. Bomani Jones is, a, is a, um, a sports analyst, you know, in the sort of the world of talking heads. Um, but in the world of talking heads, um, his voice is very different. He doesn't sound like anybody else in the media, sports analysis landscape. He doesn't do the debate show thing. He does lots of different topics um, and just a very fresh voice and appreciates and, and, and is sort of grown up in kind of the struggle of being a black man in America, but doesn't fall on the I'm a black man in America. Not that because there are lots of people that, that don't allow themselves to make or use the black man in America as an excuse. Um, there are lots of people that don't, Dr. West doesn't do that. Bomani just has a, a a different tone, a different style, a different mm-hmm. view, um, and I and you know I've, I've consumed a lot of his stuff. I, you know, I follow him on Twitter. I consume a lot of his stuff. He just he has a very different perspective, very different opinion, um, thought process, and he's someone that I've I've learned quite a bit from as well. Just you know, looking at the world through his perspective.
0: Wow, thank you so much for taking us through your board because I, I've learned so much about you and how you approach the world uh, by the people that you look to uh, and and expect to hold you accountable for how you show up and so this has been just absolutely fantastic man I, I'll tell you I, I have enjoyed this conversation as I have with all of our conversations and like I said um, you know we got to know each other pretty intimately. Uh, and uh, you know the funny thing that that we ended with uh, in our last session, our last session is you reminded me of my promise to you at the beginning of our working together, and that promise was that there may be some points when you don't like me very much, <laughs> and um, but but still you continue to show up. One last plug for Kobe, um, because I just I watched this uh, this video here recently. He said that one of the things that he believed that Michael Jordan respected about him was that in the in the very beginning of Kobe's career, uh, Michael was already MJ. He, he was already, he, you know, the the music playing, the halo, everything, right? And when Kobe played him for the first time, he was there. Every single play. And Michael Jordan got the best of him every single play. But Kobe showed up the very next play. And he said that he just he he believed that Michael identified with this not gonna back down. And uh I absolutely uh relate to that in the little bit of basketball that I played, and you you may have heard the conversation I had with Bo Stevens, who was uh, my my high school b ball ride or die right. If ever there there's an open court, there were two people in that court, me and Bo Stevens. And you know my entire approach to sports, and I think my entire approach to life, my entire approach to corporate America and to business school was that you will likely find people with more talent, uh, and they may likely have more talent than I will. But they're gonna to be too tired to brag about it, and I leave scratch marks. So you got to do what you got, you know, do what you got to do. But it's this is gonna come with a price. <laughs> it's not for free. And I absolutely identify with that with Kobe. I identify with that with you. And I just really want to thank you for sharing uh, these insights with my listeners. And man, I'd love to have you just share some, some final thoughts. And then if you have a few more minutes, man, I, I got to bring you to the VIP room. So uh, any, any final thoughts you want to share and, and how can people get a hold of you if they want to get more of the insight that they have heard on Whiskey Jazz and leadership?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I, um, I'm on you know, all, all the socials, you know, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, Charles Botts. Um, so certainly look for me there. Um, uh, folks can stop by our website, uh, our church's website, myconnectedchurch.com. You know, you'll get access to all of our content. You can, you know, leave your name. We'd love to, to connect with you that way. You know, on our, on our way out of this session as we, as we uh, head into the VIP, and we talked about it particularly in terms of servant leadership, sacrifice, and humility. I think are underappreciated leadership traits. We don't often associate sacrifice and humility with leadership and and particularly um, in the West, uh, in the United States and in our go big or go home, you know, in our, you know, grind away uh, workaholic sort of civilization, sacrifice and humility are, are, are things that we miss. They are as effective today as they were when uh, a, a poor man that became a teacher from a nowhere part of the Jewish territories promoted those traits as a way to get access to his father's kingdom. And I think they have, sacrifice and humility can have real impact on people today. If you're willing to sacrifice your agenda, For the benefit of someone else's, by leading with humility, we can leave a legacy of love and impact, even today.
0: Ah, And there you have it, people. There you have it. This is what you get on Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership. I mean, you get the the real insight as to what it takes to be an effective leader. So Charles Botts, I just absolutely thank you and appreciate you. Raise your eggnog. And uh, we're, we're 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 gonna to- we're gonna toast out, man. Until next time, take care. Cheers.
1: Cheers.
0: Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers.